Welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co-host and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going well. Just sipping On coffee and hanging out Friday with dogs. Morning. Yeah. Right? Not bad. <laughs> I'm drinking morning. a dirty cardamom chai. Oh, nice. Yes, please. We'll take it. Mm -hmm. uh, Friday mornings for me typically are a little bit... Um, I don't have a lot going on Friday mornings. And so, yeah, I've had a pretty laid back, nice morning, just uh, Me doing my things. Yeah. I'm a huge Thank fan you. of Friday mornings, actually. By the time I get here, I'm like, it's actually the weekend for me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it couldn't be because we both kind of punked out yesterday and weren't able to do a show yesterday. So we're doing one today. So <laughs> you know why? For a week. For me, uh, Scott is sick. He has, I don't know what, the flu maybe. Oh, no. Or yeah, he's ill. It, well, we've had a lot of stress, you know, this last week. Yeah. I think it's just hit him full on in the face. So yeah, uh, so he was just taking a down day. And the best way to help Scott take a down day is take one with him. Because if mm -hmm. not, pretty soon he'll be trying to head out to the garage and work on something or, you know, mm -hmm. not rest. And so we, uh, we binged the second season of Reacher. <gasps> oh, was it good? It was so good. I mean, it's it is incredibly violent so you know uh I couldn't of course, do if you're it. watching true crime you're... And... yeah uh, it was too much more yeah it, this one was too it was very violent but i loved it it was great we watched the entire thing <laughs> from top to bottom so mostly just worked and hung out with dogs and just you know tried to keep a husband on the couch and it worked <laughs> well i'm glad that it worked mm -hmm. yeah so thanks, Scott. For me, I've been dealing day, with all kinds of debit card fraud bullshit that's kind of taken up my time this week. Yeah. Thanks, that's... Etsy. Yeah. Me and Etsy. Etsy's on the top of the FOS list for me. So mm -hmm. screw them. Yes. Yeah. I'm becoming a bigger fan of Instagram now. So anyway, with all of that being said, we have a lot to talk about. And we're going to start it. Ooh. You're going to kick it off for us mm -hmm. with a crime news update. Yes. Okay, so this beautiful girl right here is Holly Bobo. And Holly was a nursing student in Tennessee who vanished on April 13th, 2011. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about her case and some updates that have people uh, feeling pretty perplexed. Mm -hmm. So Holly was last seen alive by her brother Clint shortly after or shortly before 8 a.m. Uh, he saw her walking into the woods uh, with a man wearing camouflage. He had initially thought it was her boyfriend, but as it turned out, it was not. Holly was found September 14th, so three years later, three and a half years later, uh, mm -hmm. in in an adjacent county or a neighboring county. Uh, partial remains were found. Her death was ruled a homicide with a gunshot to the back of the head. Oh. So eventually six different men were arrested for, you know, like varying degrees of involvement or interest in the murder. Mm -hmm. And 
three of the six were prosecuted. One, uh, one of them killed himself, uh, was never charged. Most of the arrests were made by the confession of a man with an intellectual disability named John Adams, John Dylan Adams. I think he went by Dylan, but so Dylan told police that he saw his brother, Zach, and another friend of theirs, Jason Autry, with Bobo at uh, his brother's house after they kidnapped her. And so that's kind of where these arrests came from. So all three of these men were arrested and charged. There were, again, there were other men that were also maybe involved, uh, charges against the two of them were dropped. And then of course, one of them commit suicide. So this case has been had a ton of trouble. Um, the prosecutorial team could not keep their shit shit together. They kept having turnover on the team. Mm -hmm. The prosecutorial team and the Tennessee Bureau of investigation, TBI, they, uh, couldn't get along and had a lot of, uh, strife and trouble. In fact, at one point, TBI withdrew its services to the entire district because of trouble with the prosecutor. Whoa. Yeah. The prosecution alleged that uh, TBI was moving so slowly that the culprits were always one step ahead and that TBI was leaking information and possibly covering up evidence. So TBI's like, you know what? Ooh. Fuck you then. We're out. Do it yourself. Those are big allegations. You got to have proof behind something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, defense attorneys really struggled to get a bill of particulars and to get discovery. Just there were so many problems. It's just absolutely ridiculous. But eventually uh, the arrest took place in 2014. It wasn't until July 2015 that the defendants finally received access to all of the discovery. In wow. September of 2017, a jury found Zach guilty on all charges, including first degree murder. He was sentenced to life imprisonment plus 50 years. He still mm. says that he is innocent. On January 2018, Dylan accepted an Alfred plea and was sentenced to 35 years in prison. And Autry had accepted a deal that reduced his sentence to eight years of time served because he testified against Zach. So okay. he actually was has already been released. He had eight years uh, of time served and is already out. Okay. So why does it all matter? Well, because this week, Autry is now saying that he made the whole thing up. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, holy shit. So Autry says, so there was no physical evidence or DNA linking uh, Zach Adams to the crime <clears throat> at all. And his brother. So it was all Autry's say then. And the brother that has intellectual disabilities and is probably not a very credible witness. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I did not follow this case. This is the first I've ever heard of it. So take sure. that with a grain of salt. But it sounds like there was quite a bit of, uh, this was a hot mess, right? Yeah. So at the trial, Autry testified that Adams told him he needed help burying the body. The prosecutor asked what the plan of disposing the body was, and he said to gut her. 
He said he grabbed the upper torso of Ms. Bobo's body. Zach left the tailgate down. I brought the torso to the tailgate where he grabbed the legs. And much more. Really, uh, really bad shit, right? Mm -hmm. So, obviously, uh, he was the star witness and the jury believed him and they sentenced Adam to life. So now there's a new petition that's been filed by Adam's appellate lawyer where Autry is recanting his testimony. They're saying he admitted oh the entire story in his cell at jail while reviewing discovery. We put it together in three days. Mm. So his credibility has been in question before because before they ever went to trial, he had done an exclusive interview with Scripps News Nashville where he denied any involvement or having any information about who killed Holly. And then he got on the stand and said all this stuff. At that point, he said, right hand before God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, I didn't bother that girl in no form or fashion. And Scripps News Nashville asked, do you know who did? And he said, no, sir. And then shortly after, is on the witness stand telling a completely different story. So at any rate, now he's saying, nah, I made the whole thing up. He, I didn't help him. I don't know anything about it. What the hell would his motivation have been to admit to it if he didn't do it? I have no idea. Well, to get back at the Zach guy? No, his motivation was to plead down to a much lesser charge and less time. Right. He's already I mean out. You'd only do that if you didn't do it. Right. Or if you or if you did do it. I mean, you know, like, why would you say you did if you didn't? I have so many questions about, just, A, what the motive would have been in the first place to kidnap Holly. Uh, mm -hmm. B, did all of these guys have prior records and they figured mm -hmm. that they were just going down anyway? Uh, and, of course, C, what's going to happen now? Because, of course, yeah. Zach Adams is appealing. And poor Holly Bobo's family has been through hell and back with all of this. And now it's starting up all over again. I cannot imagine. Yeah. Will the appellate court actually entertain this? We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. So uh, it does feel like it was a pretty circumstantial case in the first place and pretty much hinged on having uh, witnesses such as this. So who knows what's going to happen, but all of our love to the Bobo family right now. And of course, I hope that justice is served appropriately. Right. Wow. Wild. So we'll keep an eye on it and let you know. Definitely. So with that, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for our main case. Okay. Well, we accidentally have a theme of revisiting old cases today, I think, which is wow. interesting. But I'm going to say a name that I would imagine most of you thought we'd never have to speak of again. And that is Austrian man Joseph Fritzl. Yeah. This is how he looked when he was arrested. This is how he looks now. So, even scarier. So yeah. you may recall that Joseph Fritzl is the man, the Austrian man, who locked his daughter up in a soundproof basement in his house in 1984. He held her there for 24 years. He raped her repeatedly and fathered seven children with her. Unfathomable. 
yeah, we all remember how horrific this case was when it came out ah. and how horrifying it was. Yeah. He had a wife and other children living in the house on the main floor. One of the children that she fought, that she uh, gave birth to died because the, the baby needed medical care and he didn't get the baby medical care. Right. And then um, three of the children, he just brought upstairs one day and told his wife that someone dropped them on the doorstep and said that they just needed someone to take them in and take care of them. And so he was, they were raising three children and then Elizabeth had three in the basement. Oh, for Christ's sake. Right. Ugh. It was, this is the most heinous, disgusting case ever. And so you would think Joseph Fritzel, prison for life, no question. Throw away He's the never key. never getting out. We're all done here. Yeah. Right. Right. You would think that that is uh, what would be happening in this case. You would. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, no, that is not what has been happening in this case. So, the court in Krems, remember this is Austria, yeah, ruled last week that Joseph Fritzl, who is now 88, can be moved from the prison he was in to a different facility where he has to attend regular psychotherapy and undergo psychiatric evaluation. So they were going to take him out of out of prison and put him in like a hospital type mm -hmm. situation. And uh, can we just say that the community rose up like a dragon over this? Oh, can you imagine? But why would you ever put this man in a less restrictive environment? I don't care if he's 88. He should not be leaving that facility till he is dead. Ever. Because the things that he has done, the risk that he is to society is unreal. Oh. And, you know, they say... He's a changed man, and he's sorry that he ever did the. Oh, are you? Oh, fuck that. He's sorry he's No, uh-uh. He's sorry he's in prison. Well, he has dementia now, mm -hmm. and so they well they want to move him to an ordinary prison rather than a higher security situation. Basically, they want to down step him down in security. And um, Adelaide Kastner, who is known as one of us, Austria's most renowned psychiatrists, and I think that that, uh, that uh, might not be true anymore because yeah, Adelaide, Adelaide said, yeah, said Fritzl was no longer a threat to society and would be incapable of carrying out any crimes. What? No. Bullshit. And also, also so what? Right. So what? That doesn't mean that he should be in a less restrictive situation. Here are some of the things that he has said over the years. He wrote a letter saying sorry to his victims. I regret all of my actions deeply. Kind regards, Fritzl. The, it, <laughs> like, what? <laughs> uh, he also said, I was actually a good father, saying that he saved money for the children's education, that he visited them often, you know, where they were locked up in the basement and helped them with chores, and even got them to learn instruments and so forth. He was educating them, guys. He was educating them. And he helped them with chores. Oh. Yeah. 
also this get this i know with one of my daughters i made a mistake a mistake and i regret that but apart from that i believe that i was actually a good father oh for the love oh my god should be in a less restrictive situation Mm -hmm. what good lord yeah uh he also said he's not dangerous to women anymore because he, he's actually the opposite because he doesn't have sexual desires for women anymore. If yeah. you think this is about sex, you're a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Oh, so gross. Yeah. Wow. So, oh yeah. <laughs> he, he also talked about giving up his double life that he could give up the pressure as he did not have to carry the weight of hiding the secret. He was repeatedly raping his daughter. Oh, you poor baby. This has been so hard on him. Right. So when he gets out of prison for good, this is what he says, which could have been as soon as one year if he were transferred to this other prison. Uh, He said he plans to live in nature and buy a goat. Uh, Poor goat. I feel bad for the goat. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't get to have a goat. No goat for you. No. He also has changed his name to Mayerhoff in an attempt to <laughs> evade physical attacks by other inmates. <laughs> and he that prison was a huge shock. So a little taste of your own medicine there, eh, Fritzel? And Fritzel, they all know your gross-ass face. You can change yeah, your name all you want. It will do you no good. It won't. And listen to this. He said before getting locked up, he had a successful business, but then suddenly I had to live like a real classic criminal he said he was bullied by other inmates which he found unpleasant are you motherfucking kidding me get the hell out of here with that fritzel a classic criminal you're one of the worst are you kidding absolutely one of the worst so i come to you actually with uh good news because um the austrian prosecutors appealed the decision to move him because they and the community were absolutely incensed by this bullshit. Uh Um, Because what? You're going to move him out of there? What the hell are you talking about? Well, good news. Uh, The appeal to move him has been denied. He is not moving. Because there are rational, sane people in Austria, apparently not that psychiatrist, but the rest of the world was like, what in the fuck are you thinking? And yeah, no, he's not getting moved. Sorry about it, Fritzl. I guess the goats in Austria will remain to be okay. He was locking his daughter in, right? Mm -hmm. I know, when and get a goat, I was like, "Oh, oh, that poor goat. Is that why you're not interested in women anymore? I don't know. I just can't put anything past this guy because no one should. Good Lord. But, you know, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. I couldn't believe that this was even being considered. That is Like, how could he not be considered to be so dangerous that he can never be released and that he could never be stepped down into a less restrictive environment either? Where he could get released sooner. What? He could actually be released back into the world. How could you ever think that that would be a good idea? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not. And thank God Austria has some brains 
and wants to protect their own community. And guess mm-hmm. what? He's stand put. So when I first lo- started looking into this, it was before the uh, right before the appeal. Before it was the alarming, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Holy shit! I can't believe it." But then, you know, the prosecution team stood stood up and said, "Wait a motherfucking minute here. Mm-hmm. We're not doing this." No, for sure, no. So we can all breathe a sigh of relief that Joseph Ritzel will die in prison. Hopefully, that's good. Uncomfortably, because he finds the bullying uncomfortable, guys. Good. Well, I hope the inmates continue to be mean to you because you deserve mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I hope that your victims can now breathe a sigh of relief and feel somewhat safer in this world that you made so incredibly unsafe for them. So, my God, for Elizabeth and her children, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, uh, with that, Katie, I'm going to kick the mic to you for a missing person spotlight. Yes. You know, years ago, Scott and I used to, uh, we still do occasionally, actually, uh, buy out a storage unit. It's kind of fun. Yes. You buy a storage unit that somebody has uh, quit making payments on, and you have to completely liquidate the whole thing. You have to get it all out of there, uh, usually within like 48 hours, and do what you want to with it. It's yours. And there's all kinds of interesting things that come out of storage units. Mm-hmm. Money diamond rings, a massage table, actually an entire massage setup from someone who'd been, I think, in massage school, Uh, pictures, household stuff. One unit, we found a bunch of drug paraphernalia and some actual drugs. That was very scary. Uh, And so we transported it to where, you know. (laughs) Right, yeah. 60 miles to our house, uh, then had that, and yeah. Uh, You know, the it's interesting. But we used to, uh, back when eBay was newer and, I don't know, different, uh, we made quite a bit of money selling stuff off on eBay. And it was kind mm. of fun. You'd find a piece, you'd take it in the house, you'd clean it up, you'd research it, figure out what it was worth, post it for sale, and hopefully sell it. And yeah. I still have antiques in my house that came from storage units. Pretty cool mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, one time we found an antique wedding ring that was really cool that my cousin bought from me and had reworked and proposed to his wife with. And she wears it to this day. Just interesting stuff. And Mm -hmm. lots and lots and lots and lots of garbage and stuff that just gets hauled to a secondhand shop for a donation, things like that, right? Mm -hmm. But anytime you dig through a storage unit that is not yours, you definitely have in the back of your head, what if we find something scary in here, you know? What if we find something awful in here but that's always the risk like the drugs Mm -hmm. that was pretty scary but uh it gets worse right so just recently in pueblo colorado someone bought out a storage unit and they were cleaning it out and there was a metal container in there that when they opened it was filled to the top with concrete which just seemed Mm. weird. And so the police were called to come check Mm -hmm. it out. And what they found encased in that concrete was the body of a child. And so the Pueblo coroner's office is working on identifying the victim. I mean, seriously, how horrifying for everyone. Uh, So they're obviously investigating this case as a homicide. 
here's the catch as a part of this investigation and they still have they haven't said why they believe this but it brought up two missing children mm-hmm. and this case to me feels a hell of a lot like uh oakley carlson yeah because these kids have been missing apparently since 2018. Oh, no. So this is Jesus and Yesenia Dominguez. They've oh, no. not been seen since the summer of 2018. Yesenia would have been three and would be nine now. Jesus would have been five and would be ten now. Oh, no. uh, they're saying that they have repeatedly spoken to these children's parents uh, and they are not uh, giving them any answers about where these kids are. No. So, oh. for reasons that haven't been released yet, the child found in the uh, cement is pulling these missing children back up, and the police are... So, a sibling, probably. Yeah. Yep. So, we don't know if this, uh, you know, storage unit actually belonged to their parents or to a family member or what. We don't know uh, yet, but we'll keep an eye on it. But until then... There is practically no news coverage of this. There isn't even a missing children's or missing persons poster for these children. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Are they on the the um NamUs website and like I don't think so. I oh. in Googling their names and missing children, there is practically nothing. Except for the Pueblo police just this last week going, Oh yeah, well those these kids have been missing since twenty eighteen. What the hell have you been doing about it? Right. Is anyone looking for them? I mean, what the hell? Is there an age progression that we can And why aren't their parents in jail? Exactly. What the hell? So hopefully this is going to start turning up some answers. I'm just gutted for these kids. And the fact that uh, no one has taken them missing all that seriously, clearly. And of course, it certainly leads you to wonder if one of them was in that box and also where the other one is. So there's a lot we don't know yet. True, I guess that could be one of them. Mm-hmm. I was thinking if a third kid, but maybe not. Maybe that is actually it. Could be kid. a third kid too. There was some uh, alluding to that as well uh, from the police, but they're not okay. super forthcoming with info right now. And so you know, there's a little bit being said, but not a lot. So we'll keep an eye on it. But as of now, what we do know is that these two children. Jesus and Yesenia Dominguez should be considered missing. My God. Yeah. You know how I scream all the time that we need federal child protection laws mm-hmm. enforceable by yep. the federal government. And yep. this is why. Because if you are a parent. A job of protecting kids. Yeah. They have never, the parents have never reported these kids missing. That's why this is Oakley Carlson all over again to me. Because right. no one reported them missing in their family. They have been missing now all these years and no one has been arrested. Yep. You know, same that's just okay to just off your children. Yeah. Now there's a lot we don't know, you know, there's a lot we don't know. So there's, there could, there's, I'm sure other circumstances like with Oakley, there had been a foster mom. So of course she has been screaming from the rooftops and a whole army of Oakley's angels have uh, emerged from that who continue to scream from the rooftops and continue to try because, to get more coverage on her case. Because someone gave a damn. Yeah. These little kids, apparently no one did. Mm-hmm. That, that's what's becoming evident. So we do, 
We do. Yeah, and we we're going to keep watching for more answers and we're going to keep blasting their face out on social media and we're going to keep talking about it because these children matter. And where are they? And what happened to them? And where's the justice? Yeah. The fact that kids can just disappear in this country <clears throat> and the parents can just refuse to talk about it and that's just the end of it. There is no fucking way that can be real. But it mm. is. It is. It is. We see it all the time. We report on these cases. We could report on these cases every single day if we could stomach taking that many of them on and we just can't. And so we take on some of them, you know, to illustrate this problem, but it's absolutely. And this one we're going to keep yelling about because these kids have not had any justice. There has been no attention to them. Nobody has given a flying fuck about these little kids. No missing poster. I'll try and put one together today uh, so that we can at least get one out there. But what? Yeah. Wow. I hate it. So. I hate it too. Jesus and Yesenia Dominguez. Remember their names. And, and yes. we will keep talking about it. We sure will. All right, guys. Well, that was a lot. And that was a revisit of a lot of uh, old cases that needed yeah. a new look. Interesting how some of these just never go away. And some of them end in good news. Joseph Fritzl, I'm looking at you. Yep. And others are perplexing and terrifying. Mm-hmm. So we will keep talking about all of them. This is our last episode of the week. If you listen to us in order, mm-hmm. uh, we will be back next week with lots more. Because you know what, guys? Jennifer Crumbly has been on the witness stand for two mm-hmm. days. And, and the defense has rested. Oh, good Lord. So, boy, are we going to have a lot to talk about on Monday. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a, a verdict lot. in that case, I would imagine, by Tuesday or so, there'll be a verdict. I would so. imagine, yeah. Ooh. Also, uh, if you're a patron, we have two brand new Patreons, so yes, don't we miss do. them. I did a couple of really great, dumb criminal bank heists. You did. They were amazing. You know, because those uh, bank robbers, they be stupid. So if you're looking for a laugh, check <laughs> that out. <laughs> I did a Valentine's Day crime so sorry about it. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> It was terrifying, but it really was. that is there over on Patreon. So, you know, if you want to become a patron, that's a great way to support us. Help us to continue doing what we're doing and being here for all of you. Mm-hmm. And with that, you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care.